0: welcome to the freelance dance a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance my name is jake knight joined by my co hosts marty theory and brandon watts welcome to the freelance dance I think we should talk about our origin story. How we how we arrived at this point in time doing what we do as freelancers. You guys game? Brandon was
1: was walking with his parents in an alley and
2: <laughs> this jugger came out of nowhere. <laughs> For I am Batman. It's been revealed, <laughs> everyone. Next, next thing you know, I'm in PR. Yeah. Uh, next
0: thing you
1: know, he's in
0: PR. <laughs> no, I think I think this is good because, um, well, I'm curious. You know, I know parts of your guys' stories um, just from you know us hanging out, but it is very interesting to me to see the you know, progression of of someone's life and how it kind of leads. Because I mean, there are I do think there are people that are freelancers. And there are people that need to not be freelancers and it has nothing to do with their skill set. It has nothing to do with the person they are. It has everything to do with whether they can handle working for themselves, which is risky. I think it's a risk and security thing. That's what I think it is. It's a risk and security. Some people can't handle the risk and some people need that security or can't handle the risk. What do you guys think?
2: It's not for everyone. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I think we each have very different backgrounds and the way we ended up where we are is kind of very unique. I actually don't know a ton about, I think I know more about Jake's than Marty's, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to go through this. I think everyone will realize that you don't necessarily pick. The first thing you do isn't necessarily what you end up doing. I think we've all probably changed over time. So that's why we thought it'd be interesting to share this part of it. Like what got us where we are to host the freelance dance? I know, and know, Emmy. Emmy award-winning podcast. nominated nominated <laughs> nominated one yet
0: 5,000 downloads per episode per episode is a goal of ours. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just, so, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the first steps in this and feel free to jump in anytime and ask any questions. Um, Jake, what's your origin story? Ah, uh, thank you, Marty, for asking. I didn't think anybody was going to ask me this episode. Go for um, it. So first memory of... Actually, it's a better, here's a better question. Okay. Not necessarily what's your origin
1: story, but what, what was the event, that one event in your life that said, you know what, this is where I'm going to not take the, I guess, the corporate road and go ahead and do it on my own what was that what was that
0: event that that made you decide that oh you know what i think I can do this so i think that's a great way to get into it because um my environment surrounded by my mom owned a dance studio from the time that i was like six seven years old so she was self-employed and she had her own schedule did her own thing i saw that was really great but my my dad, he worked in that corp, not corporate. He was a machinist in a machine shop, tool and die, like get your hands dirty, up super early, home late sort of space. And he hated his job. He just always talked about how much he hated it and how much he wished he would do this. And he did some some self-employed stuff for a little bit. We, you know, moved, you know, when it was around 10, 11. Um, he did some self-employed stuff for a little bit, really loved that, but and ended up going back to that that reliable gig. And I just remember thinking, I don't ever want to be in a space where I hate my job. And I don't know yeah. what it was about, you know, if I heard it from somebody, but it's like that thing, if you like what you do, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. It's it's a misnomer. That's not actually, you'll work way too much if you love what you do, um, but it won't feel like, that's the, the idea is that it wouldn't feel like work. Um, so yeah, I I think that was... Cutting grass as a kid, you know, getting, but here's the thing. I never did it so I could just acquire a bunch of money. I was like, I, I wanted 10 bucks. So I'll work until I get 10 bucks and then I'm out. I'm not shelling anybody else's sidewalks. I'm done. Um, and so I think that is kind of transcended to that's okay when you're a kid, but you do have to think as an adult, that longer term roadmap, you know, not just what you can get for this month, but, but for other months. So that was probably, I don't know if there was one pivotal moment, but just in my youth, that idea that I don't, I don't want to work at a place that I hate. So I, that was probably the biggest shaping and having a parent who was self-employed. Um, and even in her family, you know, I have an uncle who's self-employed. Um, I don't know, it just really seemed, seemed like that was a really, a really great, a great life to have. What was your first thing that you sold that you,
1: that was in your, that's in your, or at least the first thing, the first service or the first thing that you, you did as a freelancer, or even you weren't, maybe you weren't even titled a freelancer yet, but you, you had basically were like, you know what I can do, there was a side hustle or, or or a little mini project or, or something that you knew that, Hey, you know what, this is what I want to do.
0: So it's actually funny because as you're asking me that question, I, I quickly went through and, and cycled through about six different things that I was thinking about. And if actually, the very first thing I did to get paid for, um, was dance related. I got hired as a, as a performer to work with a, a troupe, and it was minimal, minimal amount of money, um, rehearsals, you know, performance, you know, being part of a, a company, but that was outside of what, you know, that was probably my first side hustle, you know, something that I would did to make a couple hundred bucks here, or a couple hundred bucks there. Um, but then also a dance then, name, by the way, the hustle just fits perfectly. It, <laughs> it is. was meant to be. It's a side <laughs> hustle. What? It's a side hustle. That's right. The freelance dance side hustle. Um, <laughs> but in my in my actual like once I got into, um, you know, the tech space, building websites for my mom's dance studio, um, learning how to fix computers because I knew how to do it. Buying broken stuff on eBay and fixing the you know the easy things to fix. Um, I sold a website to my mailman. Um, uh, Jim, really? His name was Jim. Yep. He came, He got to talking. You know, we like to, I like to talk, and he was talking. He had a, he had a kids book that he wrote, do illustrated you? kids book. Do you like to talk? No, that's a lie. I do. Come on, it's easy.
2: Um. <laughs> That's how you know if I'm depressed. If I'm quiet,
0: oh, mm. keep You're talking. Definitely
2: not depressed right now. Go. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not. But
0: um, <laughs> anyway, to talking, and I and he, I offered him a website. I think I, I built him. I think it was three hundred bucks, nice. which was huge. It's this big, was probably two thousand five. On like my own, tons of money, tons of money. I wasn't, you know, I was doing. I had a different job that I was doing. Um, got no bills, right? And so it was a, a picture. The website was a picture with little hot spots for links. That's it. Oh, that's all it was. Beautiful. Love beautiful. It. Um, I actually was going to go, I might still see if on the Wayback machine, if I can find that, that, uh, oh, that Wayback site. machine. <clears throat> yeah. I Wayback have
2: machine. some angel fire websites, some geo cities out there. I just found one while I was, what we were talking. I cannot believe it's still out there. So yeah, it's probably still out there, Jake. I cannot believe how, Comprehensive the wayback machine is, it really captured a ton of stuff back then,
0: yeah, it's actually saved my bacon a couple of times with a site that went down. I was able to go back and oh. grab stuff from from that um, same sameiess yeah, done that before. thank you internet um but yeah that was that was kind of my my entry into the freelance, but I will tell you so um at one point, kind of getting tired of the freelance life, I decided to um, there was an ad. I don't know how I found it. Some local company wanted a web developer. CSS, HTML, just essentially build out websites. And the designer was on staff, so I don't have to worry about that. And I was like, okay, well, I got two days a week. I'll work for this company. Um, two years in, I decided I, this, I couldn't handle the level of micromanagement that was happening. The, the not being valid for your time or what you're doing. Um, essentially it just, if this person could have had a robot to do what I do, that would would have been better in her mind. You know, didn't want any creative input or which, which as freelancers, I think that's goes, no matter what you're doing, you've got a creative part to you and you want to create whatever that is. So that was a very good lesson, a two-year window to learn that it is just a fact that I'm unemployable. I cannot (laughs) work for anybody else. So, and it was good. It was an itch. I scratched it. I realized I don't ever want to do that again. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, from, from that to, you know, owning a dance studio, that's a fun, that's a fun, self-employed, terrifying job to do, Um, but selling that and then still doing the marketing and, and that stuff on the side. So I think I've had a, a pretty great path of freelance work. You know, no matter what industry it's been in, um, I'm a big fan of creating your own income or being in a space where you can create that.
2: Sounds good. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Interesting background, too. I mean, the dance studio stuff, too. Like Marty and I have never had to run a retail space or something. That's a whole nother complication. But. Brick and mortar. At least You don't have that part now. Yeah. Now everything you do is in the cloud. So <laughs> that probably makes things a little bit easier, but, uh, yeah. So you realize it's not a direct line to doing what you do today. You have to try some different things for sure. It, in any one of
0: those things, you know, we, we talked about, we made a decision in 2009 that we were going to sell the studio in 2014 that we just we made a decision in six years. we were going to sell it. We wanted out of the industry. It's very taxing. It's just, it's a lot of work to, you know, work with 300 customers every single week. Um, and it happened. We made that, we made that exit, you know, got the studio at the start of the recession. Ended up selling it for six figures in the, at the out of the recession. It was a beautiful transition out of that space. And I love it. It has taught me a ton. I've actually contemplated writing a book called uh, The Ballet of Business because there's so much there's so much that ties in with like the discipline that you need, which I probably could write it, then read it back to myself because I need that kind of discipline in my life. But
1: <laughs> where is that name when we were trying to come up with a podcast? I
0: you want to talk, talk about, about that, the podcast podcast. people being really <laughs> bummed that they subscribe to this one? They're like, this isn't about ballet business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. awesome, Jake. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's story. my, uh, that's my origin story where we are here folks um i i think in my rotation i want to throw the ball back to marty and i'd like uh, to know what what was the same question you asked me and what was the defining moment what was the or was there something that that you s- said this is going to be your path forward freelancer
1: well originally i wanted to be an illustrator i wanted to be i wanted to draw cartoons when i was younger i think i've said that before um I'd always wanted to be, get into the creative, some, some do something creative. Well, life doesn't always yeah, make it easy for you to be a creative and make money. So I had to do everything else, you know, part-time jobs, full-time jobs, um, got into, um, uh, my first, my very first job, McDonald's. That was my fir- very first job, uh, it lasted two weeks, but you know, that was the first job. Um, at one point I actually for a, a, quite a while, for about five years, I was in uh, construction windows and doors with my dad, worked with my dad for a long time. Um, but in high school, I actually was able to take this vocational course that taught me a lot about printing, um, graphic, graphic design. Um, I was able to be trained, eat, you know, for free on all of the software that I still use today. Um, all the, all, the, all the Adobe Suite the Creative Cloud before it was Creative Cloud. You could actually buy it and and own a copy. That was crazy. Anyway,
0: um, some people even downloaded that software. Off yeah,
1: of illegally certain, off of off, certain off of sites. Off of certain sites, you, you could you could have that for zero dollars because it was expensive. It's super expensive. It's still expensive, man. Anyway, um, there's plenty of other options out there. By the way, um, if you don't know any, we may talk about that at some point. In one of our other podcasts, um, but I uh, always wanted to continue to try to at least do something creative, and one of the creative things that I was able to do was um, one of my best friends or my best friend at the time is he was in a band at the time, and um, they came out with an album, and they needed artwork, and they needed a poster, and they needed all a bunch of stuff. And so I said, hey. I can do that.
0: That's going to be a cool feeling, though, right? I mean, if you're going to be doing something like that, right?
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. So this band was called Saturn Down. Um, I made all the artwork for their band, their their CD, and um, they had a they had a uh, release party, and all my artwork is on all of the stuff. So there's CDs out there right now, and I uh, made T-shirts, and it was this cool little robot that I made. <laughs> That was, I lo- you know, super fun to make and super loved that whole entire process. Just coming up with the, 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 uh, the character and, you know, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring in my old way of cartoon you know being a cartoonist and bring it to that. And they let me, so, which was really nice. So that was my first like official, like actual artwork that was released and produced and, and, um, and was, was,
0: was distributed. For, were you I mean, paid for were you paid for that did you barter did you get anything i, I have no idea celebrity status as I, a- can't, I
1: can't i can't even, i don't think i was paid i i if i was i don't remember so it doesn't it doesn't even matter like if i was paid or not because that was something that i enjoyed loved doing um but i knew i could do it and i knew i could go from taking an idea and and taking it all the way to you know something that was actually being used um so that was my first like huge project, and that was like, you know, that's every designer wants to do something like that. Um, I think, and so doing that and being behind a computer and doing all that, uh, and, and like working in construction on the, on the during the day, and then work, coming home and working on that at night, it kind of let me. It kind of gave me an idea of what the work was behind uh to 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 actually be able to do this so I can just continue doing it and continue learning um this was back when myspace was big, and you could go in and create your own uh you know myspace let you customize the c s s in the background so that's what I did and just created like all these different templates for for uh for myspace and customize the c s s and that's how i <laughs> i learned c s s um you know back back in the day and that was like the tools that we have now to, to, to write code compared to, uh, just a single (laughs) little about us block (laughs) that you put the code in to write the CSS. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew that if I put these numbers and letters in the right order, uh, it made it look pretty. So that to me was a design. And that was something that was, uh, you know, I can, it was something tangible. I could see, you know, as soon as I hit save it, it changed it. And so from there, was like oh that's where the, that's where the bug bit me and was like okay i think there's something in the, into this
0: don't you think though that in that space in the web space did you feel that like cuz you mentioned construction as something that you were doing and there's definitely looking at construction you see what you've f- do when you're done you can see a finished mm-hmm. product digital is not always the same it's harder sometimes to see that fin- finished product did you find the same level of satisfaction when you finished like a website or you finished some sort of design or something to see it live. I don't, I don't think I ever finished a website.
1: No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Still working. Hire Marty. <laughs> hire
2: Marty. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know. I, there is, there's this thing with, with, especially with artists that never think their stuff is good enough and never think that, you know, something's finished or complete everybody loves it or everybody says they like it. And, and, um, you know, there's that. And then there's also the imposter syndrome that you have all these really, really good people and such come up with such creative stuff. So there was always a little bit of that because I was teaching myself, you know, and I thought, I didn't think that was what I was going to be going. I was going to be doing for the rest of my, or at least that wasn't the road I was going to go down. Um, I thought I was just going to be doing windows and doors for the rest of my life. Um, or, or something, something, uh, home, home remodeling or, which is pretty interesting, but
0: so did you, did you get any sort of like degree in what you do from a college uh, or anything?
1: I, uh, so it was a vocational course. So like this vocational, uh, uh, I guess the, I don't know. Yeah. It's just vocational technical school. Um, you would go half the day. So your high school for junior and senior year, half the day would be whatever the course you're gonna, you're going to take. What's funny was that it almost wasn't graphic communications, which what the what the course was called for two years. It was I almost took auto, um, AutoCAD. No, no, like working on cars. Oh, like so auto repair. Shop. Auto, yeah, like auto repair. Like it was either going to be. You know, graphic communications, learning about print and desktop or <laughs> fixing cars for the rest of my life. Marty you know the Muffler Man. It, yeah. No, it's <laughs> like, like that was a decision I had to make when I was a sophomore in high school. Like, isn't Either that nuts though? Yeah, nuts. it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. when you're, you're deciding what you're going to pick for the next year. And they actually have like a tour and they bring you to the vocational school. And, you know, some people thought, I, I know, I know in this, especially in the area that I grew up with, that like, oh, yeah, you know, these kids are these kids that are coming to vocational school are, are all goofing off and they're not taking it seriously. And and but I, I really believe that like doing that, doing the vocational course, like set people up for their for a career. Like you, I mean, you were there half a day and you were focused in on this one specific thing. And and I think it was like the junior year I was there at the beginning of the the day and senior year I was there at the end of the day. Um, That's a lot of hours to be working on something Um, and a lot of good experience. The teachers there, you have all the machines that you need. Like I, I learned offset printing and desktop publishing. I mean, I was, you know, these giant Mac computers That I I was working on, you know, but the same thing, there was electrical engineering, there was, you know, auto repair, there's tons of different vocational courses that you could take that nobody, I mean, you looked at, you were looked down upon for whatever reason, especially in that area that I grew up in, kind of a a really, really rich area in Northern Virginia. It was like, you know, Hey, why are you doing this? You're going to go to college for four years and spend $50,000 on whatever
0: I think but. it's easy to say, though, that, that that kind of concept about going to a, a university is really kind of having a reckoning.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, right now it is. Totally. But yeah, at oh. the time in 1998, 1999, right. it was it was frowned upon. It was like, why are you you're just going to go? Wh- what are you going to do? Graduate and then just go to work? And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Can, <laughs>
2: we, can we talk about just how much I'm sure all three of us love that? Me in particular. I, I had a thing growing up early twenties about that, where I just, because I always was self-employed and I just, and I, like Marty said, people just thought you were crazy for not getting education back in those days. And as I had such a thing against it, I even recorded a couple like in solo podcasts. I remember when I had a blog about that topic because I was so passionate about it. But yeah, I know I'm, I'm loving the fact that people think college is a complete waste of time now. It's, it's amazing how fast that shift has happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about all the money that they spent, and now they're doing it from home, and so it's like, all right, well, where's all that money going? But anyway,
0: well, I, I just think it's interesting from the three of us because yeah, I was in my mid twenties when I got a two year degree. I got a mm-hmm. an associate's degree in computer science with a focus in web, which oh, wow, is what really? I do. So that that set me up to kind of make that jump in that, and I don't think I would be where I'm at today if I didn't have the discipline that that required because I have ADHD and I like to just chase new things that are shiny. So, um, but the vocational space, I love that. Uh, Marty, do you think there was one, is there anything that happened? Like you said you did construction and then some freelance, what, what was the thing that got you to go commit all into, to the freelance, freelance dance?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm just now I'm just going to be a freelancer from now on. I actually, I went through the whole, I mean, I, I worked at a lot of different companies over the years. Um, one of the main things that happened a lot, especially through, you know, 2005, 2008, 2010, um, you know, in your, in the tech space, you get highs and lows and people got laid off all the time. And, and I would get laid, I would get laid off and have to go do something else. Or I wouldn't get laid off and you'd have, I'd be in a company where 125 people got laid off and I'd be one of the ones that somehow didn't get laid off. And that was even worse. Like, I feel like I I wish I was laid off because you see all these people's lives just shatter in one day and you're walking past the conference room and they're all looking at you like, Oh, he gets to stay. So that was interesting. But anyway, um,
0: Think that we need a, have whole, a therapy session about that though i think we could have maybe <laughs> have like a little that's uh, that's tough that's tough
1: i mean yeah, people no, are people tough. are bawling their eyes out You they know that they're in this company they're in these companies these startup companies that promise them all of these amazing things and and wonderful like you know the, i i was in a company that blocked off a whole entire section of downtown san diego and had a christmas party and like did a, did a white, elef- white elephant or white tiger, whatever you call it to a uh, gift exchange or like $500 gifts or more um, Xboxes, Playstations, w- music, s- sound systems, you know, and then literally like two months later laid off 125 people, you know? So it's like, you're, could you imagine being at that party and thinking, okay, th- I'm going to be at this company for the rest of my life. We're doing so great. You know, we just, we're in downtown San Diego outside and having a party, you know, so stuff like that to me hit home where it's like, okay, you know, no, the most, you know, the most important person in a company is not you. It's the, it's the work you're doing. And yeah, you could say I'm part of your family, but as soon as you start losing money, I'm gone, you know, and, you know, that's kind of really, really simplifying it. You know, it's just, yeah, but that's what people look at. Liberating. these. Com- yeah, they look at these companies and they look at the places that they're working and they think it's like their savior, their place that they can put all their hope and hope and dreams in, and they're going to be there forever. That's how it used to be, I think. But that's not like that anymore at all. And you'll be dropped in a second, unfortunately. And companies will say that they won't do it or they, they you know, miss, they, they may say that I've been in so many, especially on the both sides, East coast and West coast, these companies will drop you. So to me, it was like out of a necessity that I could always like, anytime I joined a company, I was always being prepared to, to be laid off. And so I was trying to figure out what would make me the least, you know, at least not, uh, I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have, I would have, I would have something to rely on. You know, and that was always a side project or a side hustle or something that was, you know, I was always do, trying to do something for somebody else or to have these projects on the side that would help me to, you know, okay, maybe this can turn into something. And so, um, you know, so, so what you're
0: saying that. is that you really wanted to have a boss that you loved and now you have one.
1: <laughs> now that I have one. It's my right. wife.
0: <laughs> oh, okay,
2: okay. <laughs> um well, there's, there's been studies about that too, about, and we can all relate to it. Our parents' generation, how many jobs they had, you know, many of them had one job their entire life, maybe two or three max. Now millennials, they hop jobs every year oh yeah. and the whole dynamic has shifted where the companies have to basically beg them to stay and the yep. employees are powered, empowered because they have so many options and they're making so much money, but even with that dynamic where it feels like employees are in control now and they have all the power. I still, you won't find me working for a company anytime soon. Cause I agree with all that. It's, you cannot trust a company for your destiny. That's for sure. Don't let it happen. Well, yeah. I think that's a great, any, any
0: final words of wisdom, Marty, before we go to Brandon about your, well, uh, hero's journey
1: right now, everybody's working from home. Um, because of COVID and companies have made dramatic shifts in how they do business and having to have employees work from home. But I was, my wife and both of us were probably one of the first people who said, Hey, guess what? We want to work from home. And I've been working from home for almost six or seven years now. Um, And I, I first started out working from home from a company that, that I was working with and said, Hey, you know, nobody else is in the office right now. Can, can I just stay home? And you know, I'm set up at home for, for this Can I just do this at home. And that would started at one day a week and then it started at three days a week. And then all of a sudden it was just all week. And so, uh, gradually it just became, I was able to work from home and she was able to work and we basically my, my wife has been working for the same company for 10 years and she was only at that company working from that company the first two or three. So, um, and now, you know, in this day and age right now in middle of COVID, it's like her whole company now is remote, you know, but before, I mean, last year or the year before last, nobody was remote, but her, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, so companies will let you, you just have to ask, you know, if it's, if they're not, I mean, right now, I don't think it's going to be an issue, but a couple years ago, it was an issue. It's a serious, it was a serious, we want to see you want to see your inner seat we wanna because we know you're working on stuff if you're doing stuff, if you want to be able to, um, transition, that was how I transitioned. And so eventually, um, when I got laid off, it was like, all right, I already have these side projects. So let's just keep going with this and start, start working on, start working on my own stuff. So nice.
0: Yeah. So a good home, a good home office setup really is key to being an empowered freelancer.
1: Yeah. Planning, planning that out. And also, um, uh, having the money to do it
0: (laughs) so a little bit of savings that's
1: yeah savings if you're gonna if you're gonna be able to i think make the full transition right brandon
0: that's
2: it that's it all right let's you're up next brandon all right here we go (laughs) you can ask me a question or i'll just get it going um i my background has very distinct shifts in it so software writing pr And, um, I have always worked from home since I was 13 years old, which sounds bizarre. I will say, I think you asked like, what was the defining moment or the first thing you got paid for? That was how you guys kicked off your interviews. I, I built this programming language when I was 13, which sounds crazy, but it's not as crazy as it sounds. I, (laughs) I just was really interested in learning how to program. That was my first thing with, with computers. I think tech TV, do you guys remember ZDTV tech TV Mm -hmm. back in the day? I was, of course, obsessed with that. I watched it constantly. I think that's really what got me interested in technology. I don't know how else it would have happened. Um, but yeah, I wanted to program and and build software. And I couldn't learn C++ as a 13-year-old. Just couldn't figure it out. It's too complicated. So I ended up finding this variant of BASIC called Liberty BASIC. And I learned it. It was It was understandable. I started making programs. And then I started making the programming language I thought Anyone who was starting to program should have long, long story short there in terms of how I actually realized this was, this was amazing. So I posted it as shareware back when that was a cool thing. And you go all these download directories and download apps and, you know, register for 20 bucks and we'll give you the registration code. So my, my dad had a PO box at the post office in town for his pool business. And I got one for my, you know, so-called business, which, believe it or not, was called Wattsware back then, too. I've stuck with that name. Um, yes.
0: Because
2: I'm Brandon Watts and I build software. It's Wattsware. <laughs> and I, I love that name and I've just continued to stick with it. But I got a P.O. box in that same post office and I started to get people mailing me checks as a 14, 15 year old for my software. And it's not just dollars. Like I got people British pounds came in the mail and <laughs> people people that's were registering awesome. the software. And I, I remember thinking, this is crazy. This is unbelievable. And that's that's kind of probably the moment where it's like, yep, yeah, this is all I'm going to be able to do for the rest of my life. I, I didn't stick in software development, but you know, working for yourself or making your own way. So that was the first moment, I think, that all took off. And the programming language thing was a blast. I got to... Licensed it out to this company called WeatherBug for a few years, and, and did that whole thing for about eleven years. I worked on that, but
1: oh, just this little small company called WeatherBug—no big deal. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> you're you're very humble, and it's it's nice to hear you be
2: so humble about it. But that's pretty awesome. Everybody
1: man. knows what WeatherBug is. Yeah,
2: it was it's so it's there's so many checkpoints on this. I don't want to keep it going, but that was the software (laughs) side of things. So, yeah, it was being 14 or 15 and people mailing me money for my software. I was like, okay, it it wasn't a ton. But again, several hundred dollars over the course of a period of time is pretty awesome for someone who's just doing it for fun. Anyways,
0: you had me. They were sending you money.
2: That's you had me. (laughs) My heart right there. So that's the software side. Now, the writing side. Tech TV. I was probably 15, 16 years old watching this all the time. There's this guy, Chris Perillo, who hosted this show on there called Call for Help. And he had this company called Locker Gnome, which was a whole thing of tech newsletters. He was like one of the first guys to do email newsletters. And he was huge on it. And that's how they hired him. And he ended up hosting that show. Anyways, I just emailed him out of the blue because I always wanted to write about technology too, not just program. So I emailed him out of the blue, I think, after he left Tech TV and said, oh, I'm interested in writing. Here's what I built. I built this programming language, kind of gave him some heads heads up. He said, you want to start writing for me? And offered to pay me per post. And I was blown away because this is like a celebrity to me. I mean, I watched him every day on TV. So come to find out I'm doing the software. Then I'm freelance writing with him and have a daily column in his thing, reviewing website software, I did editorials for him. I parlayed that into writing for magazines, um, reviewing software. So I went down a rabbit hole on that. But it's, 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 so, it's so weird how this is all taking place. But then what got me into PR, so I'll just get you to where I am now. I loved building the, the software, the Leopard Programming Language thing I built. But I loved getting promotion for it even more. I loved emailing radio stations and saying, hey, I'm this many years old. I built this thing. They would talk about it. They would have me on to talk about it. I couldn't believe it. I, I, You remember those magazines at Barnes & Noble with the CDs of 200 freeware apps? Yes. Oh, yeah. I yeah. emailed all them and I got in them. And so I'd go to Barnes & Noble and see my application in there. I was like, this is so <laughs> cool. getting, Getting promotion for the thing you built. That's and, amazing. And that's kind of what got me. Once I realized what I was doing with programming would be hard to make a really good amount of money. Cause I mean, if I would have really taken the programming route, I probably would have been wiser because man, who knows what I could have built over the years and sold for who knows how much money, if I would have kept going. But in the thing I was building, making money on it was very tough that, you know, I had a licensing deal, which was great, but it was to schools. So they didn't have a lot of money and it takes months and years to get sold. So I just, I gave up on that side of things. And I switched to the writing, but again, freelance writing, it's tough to make a good living, especially if you want to get married and two people in a family. It's, it's a, it's a tough game. And so I, I knew that I had to find a way to take the software side, the writing experience and turn it into something that's a little more profitable. That's kind of what brought me to PR. Um, I did build websites for a PR agency with someone I knew in Atlanta for a year, um, So I've done that too. I've made websites and that was, that was fun. But the PR, the PR thing, what really set that off was I loved getting promotion for my, my own products. I love setting up interviews and getting press. I love that. It was so cool. I was getting married and I had to figure out, okay, I need to figure out what I'm going to do to actually make some money, you know, for more than just one person. (laughs) And that's a big difference. So I, I can't even remember. It was one of the first five startups I pitched. I went to TechCrunch and found a directory of companies. And I picked a company at random. I cold emailed them and said, my background is in software. Here's some links to some press I got for my own stuff. I've also written. Written for this guy, Chris Perillo. Written for Windows XP Magazine, blah, blah, blah. And um, basically pitched just doing some PR for them. No one had ever hired me for real PR work before. They said yes and gave me... A three-month contract, which was a pretty good amount of money too for someone who hadn't done it before, <laughs> <laughs> and this was like right before I got married. So this the timelines real compressed, and uh, I did that, and I kind of never looked back. I, yeah, we got married, and I was doing the software still. I had a licensing deal. I was doing some freelance writing, and I was doing some PR. And eventually, one by one, those things dropped. Software left, writing left, and then it was all PR. And so now I've been doing. PR exclusively for the past 10 plus years, but I've really been doing it for about 18 in various shapes and fashions. So it's, it's weird. I've had some weird journeys. I've done some pretty cool stuff. Thanks to just sending off emails to people randomly. I mean, it's unbelievable what you get from just trying. And that's been a huge impact on my career is just taking a chance and trying something. And that's what's got me to where I am now for better or worse, trying different things, try a different business approach, see how it goes. You never know. See,
0: you. I, I. I just have one correction to to your hero's journey, <laughs> and uh, I. I know it's your story, but um, you said use the word randomly a lot, and it's not. It might not seem obvious, but I don't think it's random at all. I mean, the publications you chose, the people that you chose, maybe they thought it was who's this random guy sending me? I don't know. From no, I think you've yeah. been very strategic about how you've done that um and yeah, anyway, I'm impressed with that because there, you hope for the best, but you weren't just shooting
2: wildly. you had some pretty specific targets you were aiming at, and I think that's yeah and you go you go with where the interest takes you. I mean, my interest started with building software, and i I still loved it. it was so cool to build something that. I mean, I taught a week class in a technical college in Georgia and it was a summer school and parents paid for their kids to go to this class. I taught and I taught two classes of how to program. And I'll never forget. One of the moms took me aside after the class and she said, because they were all enrolled in like five classes. And she told me, my son just loves this class. Like he's he's loving it. He's got an interest in technology. And that was that was the coolest thing. That's still one of the highlights of my career. But. But yeah, I mean, everything builds on itself. And so software was interesting. Then writing was interesting. And then I realized PR for tech, what an ultimate combination because I've written and I built software and that's still my pitch today as I've done all these different things. I haven't just done PR. It's really what I did in my past that makes me an interesting fit for now. So that's that's part of the journey metaphor. You have to connect the pieces and make sure it's profitable for you where you end up. That's awesome, man. That this is funny. That's actually the same pitch I give
0: to businesses to work with because I've been on the employer side and had employees, and I so I understand that side of the business, not just both. So I think there's some leverage to to having both sides of those things, although it's not necessary. I think it can work in your favor under the right circumstances. Um, well, that's fascinating, and I, you could tell that story to me a thousand times, Brandon. I. I love hearing about people sending you money for your software. Yes.
2: I love it. It was, that was fun.
0: Um, well, so all of us have a, a different journey. Um, but we now found ourselves working in, in spaces that we enjoy. Um, I think we'll, uh, this will be a good, a good episode to kind of go back to maybe, you know, a hundred from now couple of years from now to go back and see, you know, where we're currently at with what we're doing and to see if we're still there, how things have evolved. Um, I was actually looking at my phone. I'm pretty sure I've got a screenshot of Weatherbug from like 2014. That was their help page and it had a flip phone. It's like, want help? Call us. And it was a picture <laughs> of a flip phone. And that I just thought that right. was
2: pretty i love those guys but yeah that sounds about right (laughs) um all right
0: well awesome we all have a cape now right we told our
2: origin story is that how that works do you get like i always step on it constantly jake i constantly step on it what's with that
1: i don't i don't wear a cape i don't like to wear capes they they better
2: start
0: they say that's the most dangerous thing any superhero can wear as a cape Gets sucked into an engine of an airplane i mean just bad news bad news no capes okay Let's uh, let's let's talk about our our stuff we like our freelance dance picks of the week. We've, we've I think we got some good ones. I don't know what your guys' are, but I know I, I know what mine is. We want we
1: want to know what yours is, Jake. Go ahead. Although you you might it might be good for you to go
0: last since it's so good. <laughs> okay, you know, let's put the pressure on. Let's put the pressure on. I got that kind of pressure in my life. Let's do it. All right. Well,
1: we'll go, you go last. I'll go first. Cuz mine's probably the most boring of them all. But um All right, mine is called Eagle. It's eagle.cool. Great great domain name. Eagle.cool. It is So, you know how you want to save stuff if you're a designer, you want to save images, you want to save uh websites that you are inspired by and you're like, "Where do I put these all these awesome images?" Um, I found out about this new th- new piece of software called Eagle.cool um, or just Eagle. And it's a- an app you download and it's also an extension. And you literally, all you have to do is when you're on a website, if there's like a little logo or SVG or an image, you just click on it and drag it and it drops right into. And it's done. It makes this little pop sound when you, when you drag it in there. And it's saved. And it automatically categorizes it it automatically um, adds all of the meta information that you need. So like, you know, what website came from, um, you know, when you got it, uh, you know, what colors are inside there. So you could do some pretty cool filtering. If you're trying to figure out what your next design is going to look like, and you want to filter by hot pink or deep purple or something like that, all the stuff that you've ever saved. Because I, I know for me, I save stuff everywhere like it's either in a notion document or it's a figma document or if it's in uh illustrator you know stuff that i want to be inspired by i want to save or trying to get ideas from um this is a cool little uh piece of piece of software that lets you do that it's called eagle.cool check it out it's
0: pretty cool i i did just take a look at it did you brandon
2: Yeah, I did. That's actually really neat. It's wait, the man, the website's really good too. I thought it was just some side project. It's a real business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty neat. I, I, I'm really impressed by it. I've used it for about a week now and I like it a lot.
0: Yeah. It, it, it amazes me the amount of businesses that are surrounded just helping us organize our lives. We need it. Obviously. All right. Unfortunately. Brandon,
2: what, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. So I got a, I got a pretty cool one here. Um, I found a big name in PR. She was mentioning it on her on Twitter account and um, never heard of it. So I checked it out. It's called biteable, B-I-T-E-A-B-L-E dot com. And it's just this awesome way to quickly make videos like marketing videos, product videos. It could be ads for social. It could be announcement videos, explainers. I mean, all that stuff that you see in marketing. And when you land on a website and you see their 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 opening video—it's stuff in that style, so that gives you the sense of what this is. Um, there's other ways to do this. I think Canva has some video templates now, but Biteable is really focused just on the video, not anything else. And I just played around with it some this afternoon to see if it qualified as a pick, and I think it does. Um, there is a free tier that's watermarked, but you're you're going to want the it's uh, what is it? It's nineteen dollars a month um, for really to use it professionally. But if you're in marketing, you have to quickly get videos together for a variety of reasons. Boy, you should try this. Try the free version. I was super impressed by it. A lot of good start stock image images and videos to use and audio. You can upload your own assets, of course. But I put together a pretty slick announcement video in like 10 minutes and I wasn't even trying. And that's saying something. So give what it a you shot. announcing? <laughs> I was announcing the fact that I was going to pick it. It was a great, it was a big oh, announcement. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's very meta. I know it was that, it was that typical, uh, you know, pounding the keyboard to see how things work, you know, and how the text appears, but give it a shot. Try the free version. If you have to create videos for clients, I think you're going to want to try this because I can see many opportunities when I would want to use it. So yeah, biteable. Do you, do you think it would be good for someone even using videos to
0: promote themselves?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I could use it. You could use it for social. We could use it for the podcast. Um, you know, you can quickly have a template and throw in some quotes with some backing tracks and things. And it's, yeah, the videos are optimized perfectly for standalone or for social or whatever. It's, it's, um, it's very good. So give it a shot.
1: I just saved it on Eagle. Oh boy. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I hope well,
1: you yeah, because the design is beautiful. I mean, the, the, I love the illustrations and the, Website is really nice. Yeah. So yeah, I was able with Eagle, just one click, I was able to capture the entire page. It was amazing.
0: I tell you <laughs> what, we are really making it easy for people to sponsor us. So just uh, when you listen, I mean, honestly, it's like butter. It just, we're just talking about it. It's what we like. Um, well, those are two really right. cool picks.
1: Yeah, Jake, you're up now. Okay.
0: All right. You, we, we are. So, so my pick is a physical, tangible product. Um, it arrived yesterday as a gift from my lovely wife. Um, have you have you guys ever heard of something called screen fatigue?
2: I have it every day.
0: Okay. Oh, man. Have you ever had someone offer to massage your eyeballs? <laughs> Daily, <laughs> hourly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I tell you what—a much more, a safer, and uh, <laughs> and more uh, clean. Uh, clean way yeah, san- less, sanitary less, yes way sanitary. um is this and you can't see it because you're listening to this but i'm holding it looks like kind of like a vr unit for your head it's an actual physical it it straps over your head and it covers your eyes like a, like an eye mask like if you sleep with an eye mask except but for like it's a thousand times bigger it's got a hard, a hard candy shell on the outside yeah um the company is called renfo r-e-n-p-h-o, R-E-N-P-H-O. And it's rechargeable, but it actually features a Bluetooth connection, so you can play music through it while you have it on. Um, it also has a heat and vibration. So you, the idea is, you put this over your eyes, and it gently massages your occipital muscle um, uh, structure, your eyes, the muscles around your eyes. It's what light you, enough. What did you call me? Hey, you watch your mouth. Um, it's it's gentle enough where it doesn't feel like somebody is like rubbing your eyes. But I'm telling you, I I tried it last night before I went to bed and it's so relaxing and so soothing. And in this like temperature, I think it's a 15 minute deal. The timer is on it. But if anybody's experiencing screen fatigue and your eyes are tired, um, I think this is, I've only used it once. My wife used it once and she loved it, but I felt super relaxed after using it. So that's my pick of the week. Renfro. I didn't
2: know your eyes could be massaged when you I said yeah. that. Yeah. This is an entirely new concept. I, who knew it, it's not like there's a, a thing that like rubs your eyeball. Um, but just to
0: put into perspective, um, in the instructions, it says, do not use with, with, um, contacts. Well, oh, it'll, you know, it'll, my, my wife did lose contact that, maybe. and actually oh. it ripped her contact. Oh, um, okay. So, so I mean, it's, It's legit. I mean, it's not just like saying it's going to help you out. It's going to, it's going to get in there and work its little magic. Um, But yeah. Was it like, was it something
1: you were expecting when you put it on or
0: were you just kind of like, oh, this is pretty comfortable? I had no idea. I I just, you know, your eyes are a sensitive place. I don't know. I like, I was a little nervous, not going to lie. Something rubbing, rubbing my eyes, but there's also a heat element to it too. So it's like a, actually like warms the skin. And then, um,
1: yeah, specifically, the next version should be the next version should be to like wrap around your temples so it could do the eyes and then also your temples. Cause you know how we like, I do that. To, I like, I want to rip my temples sometimes when I'm a little frustrated.
0: I i think, Renfro, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> this, uh, I think you need to take Marty's idea, give him at least 50%, uh, profit, maybe change <laughs> to to the <laughs> two freelance dance, freelance dance. Uh, but anyway, that's my the, pick the of the Freelance week.
1: Dance I, at gmail.com.
0: <laughs> freelance dance, yeah. By the way, everybody should be sending us a note just to say hi. Is um, anybody
1: checking that? I should check that.
0: <laughs> I have not
1: checked it. That's a Marty it.
0: Theory job. Yeah. That's a Marty I don't oh, think okay. I have the job. code to that one. 14 right. episodes in. Let's oh, check it for the first time on we need to check live that. on air and see what we have. Yeah. Sorry. Actually, um, we could. We could do that. You should. Anyway, that's my pick. Oh. That's cool. my
2: pick you find the unique love ones it. yeah i am interested in what that feels like <laughs> I need would, to, you, would you mind I need telling to, us a little bit about price because i'm going to link to it in the show notes anyway. yeah I, I actually it was a gift i didn't even i don't know how much it is i've not oh, okay. even looked it up we'll check there. the show notes everyone you'll see um what it costs we'll build some suspense that'll make you check our notes please do oh yeah mm. um
0: nothing
1: exciting in our gmail by the way
2: okay
0: Non exciting emails, aka. Spam. Don't tell the listeners it. that. <laughs> Sorry, got a lot of that's offers in there. There's a lot of hot Man,
2: leads, hot leads in there. there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at all those. Leads. Sign
0: me up um From Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, guys, guys, I think uh, that's enough for one episode. You know, that's that's enough. We, sure we packed this, pack this full. Uh, we'll see, as we'll always, see you in the next one. Yeah, yeah. As we'll pick this up next time. Um. Oh, little little note here at the end. I think we're in 13 countries now. Ooh, really? 13 countries, yeah. Are we in Greece? We are in Greece. I don't know how, Greece. how to say yes in Grecian. Ooppa? Oh, my cousin. That, yeah. <laughs> Is
2: that? <laughs> I don't <Ooppa>. know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Greek, our Greek listener, confirm. Email us at thefreelancestanceatgmail.com. <laughs> right. Did I Please say something us. wrong when I said Ooppa?
0: Um, did you offend an entire nation? It's possible. Yes,
2: yes. it's possible. Uh, well, there, go, guys, there
0: goes our Greek listener. <laughs> there goes our <laughs> single Greek listener, Arivadurce. That's I think that's. <laughs> well, well, Greek, he's really good going. Not Greek. He or <laughs> she's no, really like,
1: I know. <laughs> No, we've just offended them. We just offend, like literally attacked them. Anyway, well,
0: <laughs> on that note, uh, I'm out. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see you next week later. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Freelance Dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Have an idea for a show or a question? Go to freelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore freelance dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time.